Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to a Skyrimatic podcast where I will discuss my adventures and misadventures through Skyrim. Join me. Add your stories, add your tales. Let's uh let's get into this thing. Hello, welcome back. Skyrimatic podcast 113. Joined today currently by Colin. Hey guys. Uh, Marcus. Hi, yeah. And Victor. Howdy, howdy. And uh, if anybody else pops in, we'll let you know. <laughs> so we're going to do some, a uh, little bit of roundtable feedback and just kind of go through our roundtable stuff or in whatever else, just in general. Um, oh, so since we had mentioned it, why don't we, uh, so you, Victor, uh, SKC, you said, um, what? Yeah, well, the, the current. Uh, I think there's an article up on on the Silverlock site that says uh, they're looking at a March release for the beta um, for SKSE for the Skyrim SE. So, um, so that's yeah, that's something to look forward to. But it still be a beta, which means uh, there'll be lots of testing and lots of bugs to work out. So, if everybody's w- waiting for you know. Uh, the latest release of Frostfall or whatever to pop up right away probably isn't going to happen <laughs> right away. Happen. Yeah, um, but uh, it should be. I don't know. I'm I'm sort of hoping that by early summer we'll have a stable release and and the the modders will start to port things quickly over. Um, so because I'm I'm really waiting for things like trade and barter and and these you know uh, complete crafting overhaul and stuff like that that I use constantly. Um, in legacy Skyrim, I'd really like to move everything over to the 64 bit, you know, uh, more stable. So, yeah, it'll be nice once they can go to all the larger, more expanded mods. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, that's just what's holding me back from, I mean, there's still so much out there. Uh, I mean, legacy Skyrim is still, is still an amazingly, uh, you know, vibrant modding scene. Uh, still cool new mods keep showing up. Uh, that that aren't being ported over to SE yet, mm. um, so it's it's still it's still pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, I haven't even checked on that a lot. I should probably go back and look and see what's available Legacy Edition on PC. Yeah, there's. T- I mean, just just in the last few weeks, there's a, a really nice new face uh, male face overhaul. Um, it takes a little bit of work to get it working right because of neck seams and things like that. But basically, it's really, it's really nice. There's a there's a new um, uh, clothing mod from the same author that does the Apache sky hair. Uh, her name's Apache, or her modding name is Apache. Uh, really, really nice bunch of new clothing and armor and stuff. Uh, just all kinds of really cool stuff. Sky shards, which was 
or ESO Sky Shards. <laughs> it's an, oh, and it's, wow. an Ar- it's an Arthmore mod, so it's it's you know, uh, so he's so he's brought the ESO Sky Shards into Skyrim. <laughs> it's really cool. Oh, All right. kinds of great things. So, yeah, yeah. I think I saw. Was there a Skywind update too? I mean, was it Skywind or Sky Oblivion? Sky Oblivion. Sky Oblivion had a announced some kind of announcement coming and i don't know what's happened i haven't uh i haven't yeah. paid any attention to it i i saw i because i usually i'll watch whatever video they put out but uh this one i missed i was doing something else and i think i forgot to go back to it i, I mean i don't know if that'll ever make it out but it's yeah a hell of an undertaking <laughs> it sure it sure <laughs> so, is yeah so it'd yeah. be nice to uh would be nice to see it sometime but yeah i'm excited for the summer when uh SE gets the the full, yeah, you know, the full scope of mods. We'll say, yeah, it'll breathe life yeah. again. I think into the game again, which is uh, yeah, yet again, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you yeah. said uh, yeah. what I and I felt the same way. I haven't noticed anything really new and interesting on Xbox recently. No, it seems to have tapered off, and of course, Xbox will never get SKSE. So yeah. I'm not sure exactly why. Maybe people have just reached their complexity limit with what they have to work with, and uh, I mean, it's certainly not dying or anything. But the, the you know um, the the really prolific mod authors, I think, are are working on more complex things right now for SE. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can I see um, a version of AFT on on Xbox? Yeah, it's. I think it's been out for a few weeks. I didn't try it yet um i had a little bit of a hinky feeling about it <laughs> but yeah reading reading his page he's like oh i'm not the bad author i've sort of right. like, uh, co-opted it and it's slightly different i was like i won't add it to this playthrough then i'll, I'll probably see what oh yeah see what, what see if it gets taken down in a couple of weeks for thieving just in case yeah, yeah exactly my feeling yeah. i thought i'd give it a try on something experimental before i try to stick it on my round table character and crash and burn. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I had seen that too. And I had read that and it was kind of like, eh, just wait. Well, the thing is, I, I, there's been, I mean, AFT has, 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 I won't say it's been abandoned. I think the original mod author's name was Dooster or something like that. But, um, I think he's, he or she is still active maybe a little bit, but hadn't worked on the mod and somebody did, somebody ported it over to, uh, Skyrim SE as well, and also updated it. Um, I don't know if people remember, but a year or more ago, we were talking about, especially Colin and I were using it, having trouble with it and uh, interesting NPCs. And then somebody brought out a sort of an updated version of it that that was that worked with uh, interesting NPCs. And then that got ported over to SE. And then if you read the posts. And then there was another one, another version of it that got ported over it again. You know, so there were two competing versions on PC. Um, and if you read the posts, there were just crashes all over the place. So I didn't even try using them. Hmm. Um, so, but it, it really is, to, to my, in my mind, it's the better of the two between that and extensible follower framework. It's just not as stable. So, yeah. Um, so I use EFF. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't added anything to my round table character and that's the only one I really have, uh, going, but, uh, because I, I, I just don't want to have to deal with going back and forth on the two different things. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, one of the things I miss most on Xbox right now is is a, is a good horse mod, like Convenient Horses. Yeah. But that's uh, you know, it's virtually impossible because it requires the MCM. Yeah. Um, and I have no idea if the mod author is working on a version of it or not. So, um, but it goes along with follower mods. And if you have a follower mod, you want your followers to ride horses. And in order to do that, you got to have another mod to do that. So. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that'll ever come to Xbox. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, so I guess we can go through what uh, everybody's been doing in game then before we <laughs> get to some roundtable feedback. Um, I've had for, heard from uh, Marcus. What have you been up to? Um, just carrying on at the moment as it has been. Um, I've pretty much gotten up to where i should be to uh to be up up together with you guys at the moment um i did take the next level of the uh rune um upgrades which was the uh rather than have all of the hit points go in one go it sort of spreads it i think that sort of ruined it a little bit for me so uh, i might have to go back on on a save somewhere and not take it um i I just find that with with spreading the damage over a certain amount of time rather than in one go it just seems to sort of um it sort of killed off my rune rune mage a little bit makes him a little bit less powerful yeah i think i remember that perk i didn't i i never took it either it didn't seem viable to me if your um if your enemies are on the move Hmm. No, I mean, especially with dragons as well, it just seems to be, it, it, it sort of, rather than an upgrade, it was more of a downgrade. So I think that should have been, you know, rune should have been damage over time and then upgraded to instant damage rather yeah. than the other way around. It just seems a little bit counterintuitive to me. Is this an ordinator perk? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I've been getting on really well with Ordinate, and I think, you know, with, with my other playthroughs, I might keep it. So, But it depends on what I roll with my next character. I might do, you know, end up. do you guys know which version of Ordinator is, is on Xbox right now? Not a clue. No, I have no clue, and I don't have the option to be able to go check at the moment because my Xbox yeah. is in the living room with my uh, little baby boy. So uh, <laughs> I'll try to loud. check it out because like, he's constantly updating the thing. I wonder if he's gotten some feedback on that and then changed it because I think it's 8.3 on PC right now. So mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't which... be surprised if it's probably similar on the Xbox because he seems to update it quite regularly. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Oh. But yeah, I, I'm pretty much up to date with everything. I think I've just got the... Uh, I've got to try and find the old geezer down in the uh, <laughs> in the rat run. <laughs> and his 27 locks. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and his 27 locks. <laughs> See, I ran... When I finished up that, I just kind of ran right into the next part because you take... I guess... Technically, taking him out of there is the next quest. Mm. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, I, I just basically went right to that part right after because it, you know, some of those uh, main quest things just kind of flow right into each other. Yeah, I, I'm about probably about ten minutes shy of actually getting to his door, 
so I might do what you what you've actually done as well and uh, drop a load of runes down by the door <laughs> where the Thalmor come in and just listen to the uh, cries of despair as they uh, trip over my runes and face plant on the floor and burn to death. It is nice. I mean, I don't know what the limit is with Ordinator with these runes, but I feel like I can put down like 15 or 20. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to check. I really should check. I haven't done the yeah, I haven't done the calculation either, but I'm like laying them down everywhere and they're not disappearing. <laughs> so That's the thing though. I don't think they do disappear even if they um even if you've hit your limit. Even if you I go think over they the just limit. sit there on the floor, but ah. they don't go off. Yeah, that's very possible cuz uh yeah, you can I, I know I throw a bunch down that do work, so it, it's it, I would say it's at least ten, <laughs> mm. which is kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, because I mean, with with uh, what, what did uh, Andrew call it? My uh, dragon landing strip. Method, <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah. I tried uh, that too. That was awesome. Yeah, that was a good tip. <laughs> it work. It works really well, doesn't it? Especially if you end up um, getting um, uh, what was it? Um, dragon rend. Oh yeah, because then yeah. you can drag and rend them. Yeah, figure out where they. Where, there's usually two places where they seem to stand. Yeah, in different places if you catch them at different points. So I'll usually just like drag and rend them at a certain point, and then drop a load of runes, and then just watch them land on it. Now, so I, I think I've got that pretty much down pat now. But as I said, since upgrading it to the ones where the runes do damage over time, it, it just seems to have um, downpowered my character. So I might. Yeah, I, I think that's that's going to take me back quite a fair few saves, unfortunately. Oh, you, you could. Um, uh, I don't think there's anything you can do about your playthrough at the moment, but going back on it, but you could mm. send Arthmore a little note saying maybe you could change it so uh, dual cast ones are damage over time, and single ones are ones that explode instantly. Uh, so that's a nice mm. idea too. You could have to balance yeah. the both world. Yeah, true. That's true. Because if you have like an enemy that is trapped or sort of like, you know, you've got a tank like Lydia standing in front of it and blocking it. So it's just standing there and wailing like a de- Druga Death Lord. And she's mm. just standing there with her shield blocking it. You can pr- throw a rune down and then it's just constantly getting burned. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah, because right. I have the same perk, the uh, overtime, whatever it is, or it does the damage over time as opposed to immediate damage. Mm. And sometimes I don't fare so well with that. <laughs> <laughs> when things get close, uh, I don't always fare so well. Yeah, it's a stacking 10-second elemental burn that does 20% damage per second. So, hmm. Yeah, I just don't see how that sort of level's quite right in my head. But, you know, it, it might do for some people. But uh, personally, from what I've been doing with firing runes off with left and right hands, I usually have um, uh, lightning rune on one and then a fire rune on the other. And uh, it just doesn't seem to sort of sit quite right. Oh, yeah, if you're using the two separate runes. Mm. Well, I just picked up the, uh, because I'm using so many runes, I, I went over to Solstheim, and I have the, uh, where you can't damage your follower now. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> yeah, because I was constantly killing people. <laughs> if, if I actually liked followers, that might be good, actually. But once again, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I don't particularly either. I did pick up Talvis, though, and I've been rolling with him. Yeah, any good? Uh, he's pretty solid, but I have him in, uh, I now have him all decked out in Daedric armor. <laughs> okay. I've been picking it up. Uh, I have Black Market also. So mm. that, that guy sells Daedric stuff. Um, so I've been 
every time he has something really good, a really good piece, I'll add that to Talvis. <laughs> nice. So he's been slowly picking up uh, Daedric uh, gear. And, and he has a Daedric battle axe and some and some staffs, obviously, that I throw his way whenever I, you know, pick up stuff along the way. But uh, yeah, he's been pretty pictures good. of him. <laughs> yeah, it's very odd because he doesn't generally look like that <laughs> as it normally goes. And I did uh, pick up those boots of uh, water walking. The uh, was it? Oh god, I can't remember the exact. Was it uh, Azidal? Azidal, yeah. I, I carry those with me now because you of, don't have muffle boots as well. Then and I have, no, no muffle boots, no muffle boots. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I just have the water walking because I need them for getting across very, very cold, cold, cold uh, bodies of water. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. true. They've come in super handy with uh, Frostfall for sure. Yeah, I've, I've not, I've not done anything with Frostfall. Can you actually get that on Xbox or is that? Yeah, yeah, available. Yeah, yeah, it is. They do have it on. I, I'm running that the campfire one, and uh, I need. I the, think they all run hand in hand quite nicely. They don't. They? Yeah, it works really well. It's it. It's not oh, like over the top. Um, it kind of mm. works pretty well on Xbox, I gotta say. Nice. Yeah, it does. I need has causes problems on PC sometimes, but it seems pretty stable on Xbox. Yeah, I haven't run into any issues yet, so that's uh, that's definitely a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've been listening to your um, Let's Play, Victor. It's been uh, been my staple at the moment. That and Pat's basically. Oh, good. My dog walks. So. Oh, oh yeah, cool. Pat's New Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it, or are you enjoying it? <laughs> yeah, I am actually. Yeah, okay. it's made me think of a few different ways to um, play another character at some point. So I might uh, figure it all out in my head and then uh, bring it out on the group at some point. Oh, nice! Yeah, was well, somebody in the group? Who was it that uh, they went with the amnesia storyline? I forget. Uh, yeah, Christian Motherman, I think. Yeah, Christopher Spellman. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that uh, seemed like a good uh, way to kind of restart while you were still leveled up without losing your levels. Hmm. Yeah, I think you done it through the Dark Brotherhood, where they uh, adopted uh, abducted him. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because you would be knocked out. So yeah, he had a great idea as well because he's playing on Xbox 360, and. Um, He's doing quite a lot of fun things that looks like you'd need mods to do it, but I don't but he's got uh, Windelius as his thrall. You know, the guy who has the <laughs> the ghost body. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's running around with a ghost body, but it's not he's not actually a ghost, he's alive, but he looks dead, so he has him falling around. And I think he also has uh what was the guy's name from Oblivion that uh, invited you to the Dark Brotherhood? Oh, Lachance, Lachance, or... yeah, 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 something Lachance or Lucas, it's Louis, Louis Lachance, so, yeah. yeah, something like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he's got him running around. So he's got two spectrals, two spectrals. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. How did yeah, he? Get, he's, got, uh... he's got a lot of hours in the game. Oh so gosh, he, yeah, yeah, he knows his way around. It's pretty cool. How do you get Wendellius to follow? Right, they throw spell. Oh, the throw. Oh, okay. Um where you have a, per, a follower, a permanent dead thrall. Ah, oh, got it. 
and he was hoping, I think it was him, he was hoping to get uh, General Tullius or Ulfric Stormcloak. Oh, that would be amazing. But you can't raise them. No matter, even if you have the highest level necromancy, you still can't raise them. They're still too powerful. Into them. Yeah. <laughs> that would, oh man. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, I guess they can't really have them running around. That's, well, that would be fun. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because if you've killed them, you know, why, why can't they? Yeah, you might as well be able. Its bodies follow you around like anything else. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. It's not really great game breaking, is it? Got to be something that's causing it. Hmm. Because I, I would assume they're not that. I mean, it's not like either of them are that hard to battle or beat or anything like that. So, you know, it's it's not as if you've like I don't know killed um i don't know a dragon or something like that and you've brought it back <laughs> dragging it around <laughs> yeah I mean, just imagine having a permanent dragon thrall andrew um, would love it i'm sure he's tried it. yeah he would yeah, <laughs> that's true. i can guarantee he's tried it with the rituals <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> or the ebony warrior true actually the ebony warrior i don't I, I, yeah i wonder if you could raise him actually with the ritual stone maybe we should task andrew at trying to find out there we go there's andrew's job get to level 80 there you go. <laughs> get, get <laughs> raise uh what's his name uh, ebony warrior <laughs> with the ritual stone there you go. andrew i challenge you i don't think he's that high <laughs> level he doesn't go legendary on anything now no so he's uh, he's never getting a level 80 anymore because they'll just be bored to death because you have to let sit there and let people like beat you up when you're in whatever armor mm. to get the other armor. I was actually thinking about switching to heavy armor um, once I get to 100 in light armor. Actually, I'm at 100 in light armor, so I could probably just switch. Just to uh, you know level some more because I'm at 65 right now. I would like to do the... I haven't done the Ebony Warrior in so long. I would like to try that again. I don't think I ever have, actually. I did it with my first character, definitely. And I think I did it with one more after uh, Legendary. After you were able to go Legendary, I think I did it one more time. Uh. But that was that was it. I mean, because it's so, it takes so long to be able to do it. It's like you really have to be committed. Yeah. I mean, thinking about it, I'm I'm only what level thirty, thirty five, something like that at the moment. So, you know, I, I've been leveling fairly slowly, but then considering that I've been majoring in destruction magic, it takes forever. It does. <laughs> my I use a ton of destruction, and my destruction's only sitting at like uh, what am I sitting at? Speech conjuration. Oh, I'm. Oh, never mind. I got. I just got to a hundred in destruction, <laughs> but I, I mean, I've been. That's all I've been using, like recently. I haven't even been barely using anything else since I, you know, got the rune thing. I've been just tearing that up. Mm. I must admit, I've been deeply enjoying the runes. It is really fun. I, <laughs> I uh, I have one of the. I think it's Morrow loot something uh, loaded in on this this playthrough on the on the xbox um have you guys messed with that at all no no okay uh so it, it drops some pretty cool uh items in random and 
very rare spots around the world. Uh, and I finally picked up one of them the other day. It's called the Fang of Hainecht Namet. <laughs> huh. uh, it, it's a, it's a dagger. Uh, it does 27 damage, 30 points of shock and cannot be resisted. It's pretty amazing. So it's a little OP. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's a really cool, uh, uh, uh texture and mesh it really looks nasty <laughs> hmm. so it drops just, unique items around the around the world yeah uh in specific places um and uh they uh you know um in, deep in dungeons somewhere in a boss chest or something like that you'll find one of these things oh nice uh, it's pretty cool yeah i just took out two Bandit chiefs and steel armor with like a, a few stabs. <laughs> just, uh, oh well, I'll probably put it away because it really is kind of OP. But oh, is it? Uh. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Uh, but it's fun. Yeah, I haven't. I was on. Uh, I decided to have uh, my character take a vacation on Solstheim. <laughs> So I went over there and spent, I don't know how long, a long time over there. Um, many, 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 many hours. And kind of went through everything over there. Completed all Dragonborn and all that. Um, and got the house over there, so I had a bunch of gear. And then I had to bring everything that I had picked up over there back to the mainland. So that's kind of why I had Talvis with me. But even with that, I think I was still at like a 1,000 carry weight. And, uh, like your version of Disneyland of Skyrim, then. yeah, yeah, I was moving real slow, <laughs> I was moving real slow, but uh, thankfully, I have a oh, you know what? I don't know, I didn't have a house near Windhelm. Where did I have to go? Oh, I had to go to Lakeview <laughs> from Windhelm, yeah, after Good I got God. off the dock, yeah, it was it was a uh, it was a trip, Long I'll tell trip. you, yeah. I came across two dragons on the way while I was over encumbered. Um, <laughs> Didn't you have a horse? No, no, mm. no horse. It, I thought about buying one at the stables. One. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even take a carriage to to like White Run or something. You know what I think? What did I do? I did. You know what? I did do that because I started out walking and I was like, I'm never going to get there. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I was like, All right, let me go to. That's what I did. I took the carriage to White Run. And then walked from there, which is still a long walk. To yeah. Uh, but I eventually made it there. Um, and I used, you know, Whirlwind Sprint quite a few times um, on my way there. But, yeah, I mean, potion, no potions or anything were working. I was so over-encumbered. It wasn't even funny. And uh, <laughs> Talvis was at his limit, too. So, that you know, we had what we had. And we slowly made our way there. Yeah, I think I turned around and went back to the carriage once I came across the first dragon. I was like, like I can't keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, really. It's hard battling when you're over encumbered. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the um, uh, was it the animal allegiance uh, show is pretty much useless. Is it? So, never well, used it. I've never exactly. Used it's it. pretty much useless. You use Kine's piece, and it lasts for like a good five minutes, and uh, it, it the. The bears instantly stop uh, attacking you and stuff like that. <laughs> you use animal allegiance. Like half of them, it works on the other half. It doesn't work on. Oh and man, it's just complete pain. But she got all of animal allegiance, so she could um, 
because she was a member of the Companions. So it kind of like fell into it, but just couldn't get it to work properly until she found out that it works on Joris Hunters. And now it's the most awesome show ever. Does it? Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Those things are evil. Yeah, they're the most, like, you know, so hated mean. thing, one of the hate, most hated enemies of all time, uh, especially if, but by me, anyway. So, <laughs> going through farmer ruins, oh, yeah. come up one against one of those, that's it. Animal allegiance, and then they just start wailing on the uh, farmer gloom lurker or whatever it is He's, that's in there with them. Oh, nice. I did not know it worked on those. I don't. I haven't really used that shout very much, though, because it's... Uh... It's just one of those ones I never really played around with. I feel like I take the shots for granted and don't really use them as much as I should. Yeah, she's uh, buying everything, uh, well, unlocking every single shout she gets. She got she's got like four or five dragons still sold. Sorry, uh, still left, and um, got most of the shouts I think, but not all of them. She's been working. Well, working alongside the the Greybeards, getting like going up to them again and again and again to get the locations of the word walls to get as many shouts as possible. Oh yeah, yeah, because you can use them to. Uh, yeah, you can use Ang- Angier to get uh, yeah, whatever you need. He'll he'll usually give you some, or you just shout around town and nearly get arrested, and somebody <laughs> will send you a message. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do i have unlocked i'm not sure let me see I, I don't unlock all of them all the time though and i should our whisper i like i have that that's good if you're like sniping mm-hmm. uh bend will obviously i had unlocked since i went through dragonborn and dragon aspect um for some reason i have frost breath unlocked which i never use <laughs> throw voice i like i have that yeah throw voice is fun that's that's uh I've never used that. I don't think it's good. If it works pretty well. Yeah, if you're sneaking, it's good. Or if you're like an archer, it's good. Uh, I don't know how it is mm-hmm. otherwise. Um, I tend to use mage light instead because it's it's just it, it does almost the same thing to distract. Oh, um, I never thought about using it that way. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah. And I storm call. I like. I haven't unlocked that yet. I should. I have 17 dragon souls. I haven't used yet. So. I guess I, I guess wow. just yeah, just don't use storm call in a town. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. get in trouble. Yeah, yeah it attacks true. everything yeah. in the area. So yeah. attacks all the guards, and basically it's like you attacking them. So you get arrested for it. Yeah, that's not good. That's true. I've got I've got Thunderchild running, so I have a bunch of Thunderchild shouts activated. I haven't used much many of them though. Um. Yeah, I ran into trouble in Markarth because I had Talvis with me. And somehow he got in a fight about something, and then all the guards would just not stop attacking me. And we had to. And I was trying to go back and visit my two daughters, who I hadn't seen in about four months because I was in Solstheim. Um, <laughs> but I had to leave <laughs> because I couldn't go to. And then you know, when I went back to town, it was fine. But I had huh. to like go completely out of the area and then come back. Huh. It was such a pain in the ass. I don't know what happened, but he got into some kind of fight for some reason. Is anybody else using Thunderchild? Mm, no. Yeah. Nope. I have to take a look at that. I haven't used that. Oh, it's, I think it's Andrew's fun. using it. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite shouts is called Curse. It's uh, your Thum 
briefly condemns your enemies to suffer the physical or mystical pains they afflict upon you back onto them. <laughs> uh, so if you're a, if you are, if you have enough health points to absorb a couple of good blows, uh, you can basically, uh, shout that at a pretty strong enemy and just stand in front of them, have them hit you a couple times and they just keel over and die. Oh, it's, nice. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. yeah I finally got my, um, master level restoration, uh, spell. And some of them are, are really good. There's one that's called, uh, Meridia's wrath. Ooh. And um, it's a master level spell, so you do the master level animation, and then it equips the starburst spell. Oh. And for 30 seconds, or th- 60 seconds if you dual cast it, and then what it does is that you stand there and you blast out these like little balls of blue and white light, and it basically it just disintegrates undead. And that's awesome. And then there's another one called Circle of Death. <laughs> that's awesome. That anything, good. yeah, anything that drops below forty percent of their health within the circle instantly die. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, isn't there a, a slightly less powerful version of that earlier on? I think there was a scroll. I saw something. It was like a scroll. Was. Okay. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> Circle of Death. I like that. Yeah, yeah I get, what I do is I hold it in the left hand and and then put it in channel energies, and then pass it on to um, yeah, Lydia. So when she's got uh, what you call it, Droger, uh, Droger uh, surrounding her, she's just wailing on them, and then suddenly they'll drop below four percent health. They just drop dead, <laughs> and then she just moves on to the next one because she just stands there with the shield and just like takes the punishment and and then wails on them until they go down, and then just keep on dropping dead. Wow. But sometimes I'll go through entire um like dungeons and I never hit one of them. All I do is just channel energies of, of different spells through myself onto Lydia and let her do all the all the fighting and I never have to lift a finger. That's so cool. probably she's that she's so tough now that she barely ever needs any healing whatsoever. She'll probably go down a tenth in health. Wow. And, and half the time when she's fighting against the lower level ones, she's actually regenerating health faster than they can take it away from her. Wow. Oh, wow. I've never done anything with companions and stuff like that at all. So how the hell did you manage to get her up to that sort of level? Is she just literally level with you or? I think or so. I think I maybe SSE level, now levels um, companions with you. Wow. Didn't the old Skyrim? I thought it did. No, I think the old Skyrim is that uh, they maxed out at level fifty. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, And that's if you um, took them on um, at level fifty. I think if you took them on lower, they they were to level ten, and then they didn't level with you. They stayed at level ten, and then you changed over to another one at forty, and then they would be level forty. But I think all the house calls max out at level fifty. I think. Oh wow. But she's in all legendary gear, and all of it's dual enchanted with like <laughs> loads of resists and everything like that. So uh, she's got the shield of East Grimoire and a couple of other things as well. So there's not that much that can take her down. <laughs> she's a Liddy tank, then. She's pretty, pretty awesome, i got to say. 
Yeah, I haven't used Lydia in a while since she died on my Let's Play um, that time. Twice. <laughs> yeah, you and Pat have to have a lot to answer for. <laughs> and Marcus. Yeah, well, come on, it's only Jazago. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it's only a cat. It's fine. Yeah, right. Yeah. Although I am a cat this time, so. <laughs> Fair enough. I have my uh, my my Khajiit in his uh, dragon scale. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I'm thinking switch. I'm either going to go uh, if I go heavy armor. I think I'm going to. I have so many dragon bones. I think I'll just um, you know use the black book to reallocate my perk points and build some dragon bone armor. And then, uh, oh, do you know? Uh, here's a good question. Do you know if you use the black? Uh, I forget which one it is. Whichever black book to reallocate the points. Uh, you know the, uh, was it the miracle perk on uh, smithing? Or not smithing, I'm sorry, enchanting? Where you can put three enchants on a piece hmm. of gear. If uh, you redo your perks a couple times, do you get multiple three pieces? I, I doubt it. I mean, you, you're saying you're going to do that the last time. And I was like, well, I don't think I don't think the, the mod author is going to be... That forgiving. I don't, one, I don't think he's going to miss it. Okay, like you know, overlook. Oh well, you know, and just sort of like you know, overlook. Oh, all right, you know, he can have another three and another three and another. Well, because it so. looks like I can do it again now that I'm at uh, ninety-two enchanting again. Um, if I go to a hundred enchanting again, looks like I can do it again. Hmm. So what? Going le- legendary and then going back through. It looks like it's going to give it to you a second time. Is it? Yeah, but I don't know if it would do it if I just reallocate the perk points. You know what I mean? That's a whole different thing because I'm not actually leveling through again. Yeah. Whereas this way, I'm actually doing all the levels again. I'm not, you know, uh, cheating it or skipping through. It's so, an option. I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's going to miss. That that, I don't I think, think he would miss that because that's pretty. Uh, yeah, it's not like some uncommon thing that people would do. You know, yeah. that black book's pretty. Uh, whichever one it is, I can't remember the name of it for some reason. Um, I have all the books here. Is I think it, it's the last one. Maybe Waking Dreams. Yeah, yeah, that's the one you go <laughs> in and then go back in again. Yeah, yep. Waking Dreams. That's it. Also, oh, it's the first book, isn't it? Uh, what depends. I picked up some of the other ones first, but it's the one where you meet uh, Mirak and then he kicks you out the first time. Yeah, uh, it's the one in Mirak's temple. Yeah, yeah, and then the second time, yep. I had picked yeah, up other ones first. I was going to say, um, was you know people like moaning about getting attacked by the cultists over in Skyrim. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, was it I earlier on? I mean, I haven't done Dragonborn, but early on, I got a quest. Um, to get uh, a dwarven uh, schematic from Soulstone. So I just went over there, picked up the, the schematic, and then came back. Ever since I've done that, I've never been attacked by a single cultist. Oh, if you actually just go to Soulstone and come back, it kind of... Yeah, I didn't do any quests over there at all. I just went over there, went to where the schematic was being held, picked up the schematic, and then left. Hmm. Actually, thinking about it, I think that's happened to me. I got attacked by a set of cultists at one point. And of course, my house is in um, Solstein. Mm-hmm. So I rocked up at Solstein, came back, and that was it. I never had anything since. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you might be right on that. Of course, they patrol around the uh, the, st- the stones on Solstein, yeah. right? Yeah. So yes. We'll encounter them there. 
Yeah. If anybody's getting sick and tired of them, just like you know, you can give it a shot. Go over the Soul Slime once, come back again. Yeah, and maybe that'll stop them, sort of like you know, randomly attacking you. Hmm. I kind of like it. I got attacked by. Who did I get attacked by? Oh, um, necromancers um, <laughs> from Val's Varen's uh, bloody. Uh, was it necromantic group or cult or whatever it is? You know the guy for the Daedric quest for Azura Star. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all his followers. I was running back from Castle Dawnguard and got attacked by a bunch of necromancers, and then I found a note, and it was from uh, they were working for Valsverin. And it was like, oh, avenge Valsverin and kill this person, and sort of like <laughs> the, the the note that uh, Sherry had taken a picture of and put it on the Facebook group is like from the Thalmor, kill this person with extreme hatred. <laughs> yeah, oh, that way, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. There's a couple of typos in that note I never noticed before. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I had the Dragon Cultists early on, obviously, but uh, they killed a couple of people in Riverwood on me and did screw that up. But uh, I think I think I ran into him maybe once or twice more after that. So it might be a thing like uh, with the vampires, where if you fast travel, they show up more. Also, yeah. And mm-hmm. since I'm not fast traveling with this character, they're not really showing up. You know. True, because I'm walking everywhere. Yeah, so. So I think that slows down the rate at which you come across them. Although, if you don't fast travel, you come across those random bandits on the roadway a lot more. <laughs> mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they don't bother me too much. Yeah, they're anymore. Yeah, they're not that big a deal as opposed to uh, the vampire attacks which kill your merchants and <laughs> and the. Uh, yeah, I, I came again attacked by vampire assassins. Oh they're, yeah, yeah, they are tough. Yeah, I think I'm going to go into Dawnguard in between the next set of quests. Um, since I did Dragonborn between this set. Yeah, I've done the first part of Dawnguard, uh, where I've got the first Dragon Scroll. Now, the first uh, Blood Scroll, that was it, from uh, from the Soul Cairn. And then left Serana back at the, the castle and then continued doing all these quests. I think at the end of this one, at this set, because we're recording next week, aren't we? Next Saturday. Is it next Saturday? Yeah, next Saturday. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I better get, because I haven't done any of my assigned quests yet. So I should, I'm should. i going to do the assigned quests and then uh, get the, the dragon one. And then I'm going to do uh, the rest of, of Dawnguard. Oh, okay. After that, I might do, I actually might do that today and tomorrow because I'm off. I was off today and tomorrow. What three quests do we have for next time? Because I just got to uh, Aldwin's Wall. Um, I just had you're wrestling more. a lot there, Victor. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm I apologize. I will uh, mute. <laughs> um, the next ones are going to. What's he? Who's it? Uh, Carthspire with yep. uh, doing Aldwin's Wall. Then after that, then it was going to be uh, talk to the Greybeard, so you go up oh, and speak yeah. to the, the man upstairs. Shh, the man upstairs. And then <laughs> uh, the man upstairs sends you off to Alfthan. That's you do right, yeah. And, and yep. go through Black Three, Black Reach and stuff like that. So uh, After that, yeah, then I'd have both 
the the other two scrolls. So then I just need to get the the third one. So that would be off to uh, Darkfall Cave with Sharana. But without a mod, I can't bring you know the main lady. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're just gonna have to go it alone, Colin. Yeah, I did. I I worked it because I had to. Uh, I was I wanted to do the Dark Brotherhood, but if Lydia was with me, there is absolutely no way anyone anyone would be able to get close enough to me to <laughs> knock yeah. me unconscious and sort of like spirit me away. It just wouldn't happen. Oh man! So yeah, I had to do it in a way of where I was try. I used where she was trying to cure her werewolfism. So she went off and done quests with uh, Vilkas and Farkas <laughs> to be able to get that. So she she said, all right, I'm going to go and help these guys out. So then when she was with them, that's when she got kidnapped by uh, Astrid and done the uh, Dark Brotherhood and stuff like, you know. Then she came back because uh, Lydia was like, I'm never leaving you alone again. That's it. Can't go anywhere without me, so except for this next time. Yes, except for this next time. <laughs> <laughs> the fate of the world, and you know, it's just uh, so, so. Where you're going to send her to? You're going to send her back up to your loft and chain her back up again. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, didn't get the cough, but um, uh, I'm not sure. I have a little bit of a bug. Is that I made her. Um, I my house that I I assigned myself because we're all assigned. What should we call it? Halyarkin. <laughs> <laughs> and once I made her, what should we call it? Um, steward of Halyarkin, but I built it wrong and didn't get the the kids' bedrooms in uh, there. Oh yeah. So I can't move the kids to that place. So I moved them all to. Where they're now in Proud Spire, but they were in uh, uh, Lakeview. Mm. And I moved her and, like, you know, as the entire family to Lakeview. And then when I went back to Lakeview, she wasn't there. She takes her stewarding uh, duties very, very seriously. So she, when she's like get asked to, to go back, she goes back to Hellyark and to do her uh, stewarding duties, and all the kids stay. Uh, Lakeview. So, in reality, got... she just doesn't like kids, does she? Yeah. Well, that's that's one thing we have in common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was it. Oh, there was also the one thing is that I did check on the um, what you might call it the the last quest that we done where we had to infiltrate the Thalmor Embassy. Oh yeah. And you you can do the entire thing and sneak and never get caught. Okay. Because you, if you go to the the chest where it's got the the dossier about Esburn, if you re- you have to read the book. So you open up the chest, you take the book, you read the dossier, and then close the chest. That activates the two people coming in with Malborn, mm. and you can just go upstairs, pickpocket the key for the uh, the floor from them. And then leave, leave uh, him and Etienne both to die without having to speak to either one of them. Oh, okay. See, so, I got through most of that without having to do anything because uh, I'm the right race to uh, 
to ah sort of, sneaky bastard yeah so i just stuck on a set of uh hooded thalmor robes and walked around like i own the place nice as a as a high elf would do yeah 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 exactly yeah Did you, stuck, were, stuck were you able to speak to any of them no no, I, I, I could walk past them as soon as I tried to initiate any type of talking or anything like that. They they would just turn on me. Ah, nice. So um, I don't know whether or not it's because... I'm, I'm going to try it out a different way next time. I might do the same sort of thing, but see whether or not if I've, if I've got a character with a higher sort of like speech type thing going on, whether or not it works out better that way or not. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. Because currently at the moment, all I do is just walk around. I don't really talk to people. And I just fire runes off in their faces. So. <laughs> people just obviously think I'm a high elf prick. That's <laughs> yeah, such an uncommon thought, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, they're all flowers and nice niceness. <laughs> you know. Alrighty, pulling it up uh, Denver's uh, email here. Is that who it was? Oh. Yeah. No, I pulled up Ray's, and I meant to pull up Denver's. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll do uh, we'll do Ray's first since I pulled that. Up. <laughs> <laughs> since I already already did that one. All righty, let's see. I actually need to uh, have a have a chat with Ray again at some point, <laughs> and actually get get these robes sorted out. Oh when, yeah, uh, when I get some time. Hello, Skyrim Roundtable. Ray here with the ongoing tale of Sirdolf Stormorn. After leaving the Greybeards, Sirdolf stopped in Whiterun to sell some equipment. On the way, he had been berated by an Imperial noble and his bodyguard. Lydia saw the rage boiling up inside and talked him down. In Whiterun, he stopped in the Bannered Mare just to support the local economy. Talking to Holder... He meant, she mentioned that the Jarl was having trouble with his children. Cyrodulf stopped and talked to him and his son and discovered secrets hidden in Dragon's Reach. After listening to Mafala, Cyrodulf wonders if Balgruf is suited to be Jarl. He needed to go to Riverwood, but wanted to rest a few days at home in Windhelm. On the road, he was passed by a group of Imperial soldiers escorting a Stormcloak prisoner. They pushed Sherdolf and, and Lydia aside while they passed. He had had enough of these bastards. This time, Lydia nodded, in the blink of an eye, their bodies laid headless on the road. Instead of going to Ruta, Sherdolf escorted the prisoner to Windhelm. He went to the palace of the kings and volunteered to join the Stormcloaks. After catching some grief about being an Altmer, he convinced Galmar to give him a chance. In the days following, the Ebony Blade served him well. After defeating the Imperials, Sirdulf decided to go to Solstein to follow the leads from the cultists that had attacked him in Iverstead. But first, a night of drinking, and somehow or another managed to, to have a goat following him around. Lydia wasn't pleased. In Solstein... <laughs> After helping clear the mine and foiling a plot to kill Counselor Morvan, Sirdulf is rewarded with Severin Manor. As fun as it was to have a goat follow him around, he knew returning it was the right thing to do. It didn't hurt that Lydia insisted. After leaving Ennis, he saw a beggar on the road. Sirdulf bent down to give him a septum and asked him his name. 
I am Andrew, a Skyrim edict, and you have destiny to fulfill. Stop roaming around and get back to Delphine at Riverwood. Delphine <laughs> reluctantly reveals that she's a member of a dwindling group of dragon fighters called the Blades, and that she knows of a likely place to find the next dragon, and wants to see how they're being brought back to life. Cyrodiil follows, follows her to Kynesgrove. They see the dragon from Helgen, bringing another dragon back to life. Alduin calls Cyrodiil arrogant uh, for not understanding the, the voice, but still using the voice. The three of them attack the dragon called Salakanir. Delphine with her bow, Cyrodiil with the blood skull blade, and Lydia hammering away with Volandrung. The dragon didn't have a prayer. Delphine witnesses the dragon soul entering Cyrodiil. Convinced he is dragonborn, she tells him she thinks the answers to the dragons are with the Thalmor. The question is how to get the information from the Thalmor embassy. They head back to Riverwood to form a plan. We head to Solitude to execute Delphine's wild plan to find what the Thalmor know about the dragons. She gives Cyrodiil an invitation to Elwyn's party at the embassy. He first needs to see Malburn about getting some gear into the embassy. He would have been fine with just party clothes and his bound axe, but it was more fun watching the little wood elf try to cart off a full set of orcish armor, bow and arrows, <laughs> and a couple of two-handed swords. As he reached the wagon to meet Delphine, a vampire attacked, and the wagon driver took him out before he even reached Delphine. That excitement out of the way, it was off to the embassy. It was easy enough to talk Rosalind into causing a scene, and Cyrodiil is not a stealthy man, so the Thalmor will need to call back some patrols to replenish the loss of security personnel at the embassy. He collected all of the dossiers, found a, a set of elven gauntlets of alchemy uh, with a 23% boost. I'm sure Elfric will be glad to know that he didn't give the information that brought down the Empire at the Battle of White Gold Tower, and that the Stormcloak's quick victory was counter to the Thalmor's plans for Skyrim. Cyrodiil told Lydia about his adventures in the embassy on the walk back to Riverwood. Telling Delphine about the Thalmor notes on, es on Esbern, she sends Cyrodiil to Riften to find him. Seeking information from Brynjol, he can't persuade him to give it the information, so Cyrodiil has to frame a vendor uh, to get uh, Brynjol to talk. Now he wants us to, some, to join some group of thieves. Not now. Have to find Esbern before the Thalmor. There are a few Thalmor soldiers in the Ratway. They were not expecting a couple of Daedric weapon-wielding protectors to foil their plans. Making our way down through the Warren, uh, will someone get this lady an ink pot? Cyrodiil convinced Esbern to go with him, that all was not lost. He tells Esbern, I am Dragonborn. And that uh, ended the A Blade in the Dark, Diplomatic Immunity, and A Cornered Rat. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> nice. Well done. Oh, man. The ink uh, pot. I, th I think I've met that hobo. Yep. Yeah. I think we all have I think so <laughs> that was good <laughs> I love that blood scale blade
Oh, I do too. I have, yeah, I have that too. Yeah, I haven't used it a lot though. I need to yeah, get some uh, two handed going. That was Slice main weapon, actually. That's a two. That's a two handed blade, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. I haven't done much two handed. Yeah, I'm gonna have to switch over to that too. Just uh, you know, because those lower levels level so much faster. <laughs> Then when you're like level 80 of one hand and have to (laughs) beat something to death a thousand times to to level up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um, because I'm only using one school of magic, uh, like leveling up for me is harder as well. But I don't want to go through bloody leveling up restoration a third time because it just seems like, you know, going legendary on the same thing three or four times just seems weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I usually do it once, maybe twice, for like enchanting or whatever. But it gets mm. kind of tedious. I've never legendaried at all ever. Wow, you too, huh? Uh, yeah. You bust your cherry on this one, probably. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, Colin. <laughs> Gonna pull up uh, Denver's first one here, and the next one will be on the uh, next episode. I... Let's see. Again, on the Windows computer, I don't like how the files open up. <laughs> we will complain about this every show. <laughs> on Mac, Staples, yeah. yeah. On Mac, you hit the play button and it plays. <laughs> oh, here we go. I believe it is downloaded momentarily. Yeah, right now I am in, uh, where am I? Uh, Hag, I'm going to Hag's Hello, End. Everybody. Oh, there it's Denver, and I am back for round episode three, sorry, of my roundtable character, Cruelius. When we last left Cruelius, he had found a mysterious note which led him to the inn in Riverwood, uh, where he met with a woman named Delphine who had taken the horn of Jürgen Windcaller so that she could meet the Dragonborn and be sure that he was the Dragonborn. Um, then she wanted to have a private meeting with Cruelius, but he said he had to delay. Uh, he had promised the Greybeards he would return the horn in exchange for some more knowledge of the Dragon words of power. Uh, so she, he uh, asked her to wait a few days, and he headed off to High Hrothgar. Once he arrived at High Hrothgar, he returned the horn, and uh, then the Greybeards began his training. Uh, they taught him a few more words of power, and uh, claimed that he is now officially the Dragonborn, and asked him if he would like to stay at High Hrothgar, uh, which Krulius, well, somewhat rudely turned down. Uh, then Krulius, uh decided to head back to Riverwood to see what uh, this private meeting with Delphine would be about. As Cruelius was heading back down the 7,000 steps, he began shivering from the blistering cold, once again cursing Skyrim's environment, uh, but then decided to use his flames to keep himself warm. Lydia complained that this was a waste of his talents, but Cruelius just rolled his eyes and ignored her, of course. Once Cruelius arrived in Iverstead, he found the nearest farmer with a horse and a cabbage cart, and paid them a ridiculous sum of money to give him a ride back to Riverwood, uh, because he's too lazy to walk it, of course. 
Lydia once again rolled her eyes, was very upset, protested loudly, but uh, it didn't matter. After a few hours of sleeping the back of the cabbage cart, they arrived in Riverwood at nightfall. Crulius headed into the inn and to the back room where he was supposed to meet with Delphine. Delphine opened a hidden door in the back of a closet in her room and uh, led Crulius down into a secretive basement under the inn. Delphine uh, begins a conversation with Crulius and reveals that she doesn't actually believe he's dragonborn uh, and also thought that he uh, might be part of some secret Thalmor plot. She also reveals that she believes the Thalmor have something to do with the dragons returning, and says she cannot trust Crulius or believe that he is the dragonborn. She reveals that the dragons aren't just reappearing, but that they were all dead and are being revived by uh, one um, really B.A. dragon, I guess you would say. She reveals where the next dragon that will come back to life will be revived at, and tells Crulius that to prove himself as Dragonborn, he must go there with her and defeat the dragon after it's revived. Well, he says he has to think about it, and honestly, Crulius considers running back to the Empire and saying, screw this whole dragon thing, let's just grab a whole army, go find this really B.A. dragon who's bringing them all back and defeat him, but he thinks that if he goes back now, he'll be seen as a failure, and... Uh, and all he really wants to do is help the Empire. So, once again, Krulia sighs and says, Alright, I guess I'll do it. So, with Delphine in tow, Krulius and Lydia head out of Riverwood and down the road towards this Kynes Grove, where supposedly a dragon will be revived soon. At Delphine's suggestion, they head to Whiterun and hire a carriage to take them to Windhelm, so that uh, the journey to Kynesgrove won't be as long and arduous. Once in Windhelm, they gather some supplies and then head off south towards uh, Kynesgrove. As the party approaches Kynesgrove, a woman is seen fleeing from the small, uh, well, I guess it's not a town, nor like a couple buildings. Uh, either way, uh, the woman reports that they don't want to go into Kynesgrove right now because there is a dragon and it's a attacking, uh, to quote the way she said it. Um, so uh, they ask her where the dragon is. She points to the dragon burial mound behind the small uh, hamlet, I guess, uh, and then the party sets off to stop this dragon. As they approach the mound, they hear a roar. Krulis looks into the sky, and there he sees the big, black, red-eyed dragon that had saved him the day of his execution. He feels a mixture of anger, but also thankfulness that his head wasn't lopped off that day. As the party reaches the mound, they crouch down behind a rock to to watch silently as the big black dragon uh, speaks strange words in the dragon language to the mound. After a few moments pass, another dragon suddenly crawls out of the burial mound and begins a conversation with the dragon who had assumedly just revived him. 
the bigger black dragon, who is revealed to be named Alduin by the uh, dragon who had just been revived, suddenly turns and begins speaking to Cruelius in the party. He had known they were there the entire time. Alduin then chastises Cruelius for taking the name Dovahkiin when he can't even speak or understand the dragon language. Alduin then uh, commands the other dragon to kill the Dovahkiin, and Cruelius pulls out his flames and a shield and prepares for a long and terrible fight. The battle was a fierce one. The dragon taunted the dragonborn throughout the entire fight as he spit flames all over the place, uh, burning the forest near the mound. Uh, During the fight, Cruelius decided to try out one of the words of power that the Greybeards had taught him. The Fust, Fust do, I'm sorry, the Fus Ra, no, which one is it? Yes, it's the Fus Ro Da shout. My bad. Uh, you'd think I would know the, like, most famous shout. Uh, anyway, uh, so he thought he would try out the shout, uh, and as he spoke the words, poor Lydia just happened to run right into the path to attack the dragon. And she caught the full force of Cruelius the Shout, blasting her all the way back down to the Kynesgrove town uh, below. Uh, Cruelius was sure that she had died and felt terrible, but couldn't stop the fight. So he continued to uh, shoot the dragon with his pitiful flames in comparison. And, uh, you know, uh, the fight drag drug on and on as uh, he dodged, rolled, and, and hid from the dragon's flames. And while Delphine, all the while, pelted him with arrows. Eventually, they were able to knock the dragon out of the sky and have it earthbound, uh, and then they really began to lay into it. At this time, poor Lydia came, came limping back up the hill uh, with her axe in hand, ready to rejoin the fight. Cruelius had to say he was a little proud at how tough this woman was. Uh, so... After a few more, uh, hiding behind a shield, shooting it with flames, and the other, his, uh, compatriots, uh, attacking it with all their might, the dragon finally succumbed and, and died. And, and once again, just like the first dragon, it, uh, it immediately, uh, exudes some sort of power that flowed right into Cruelius, and then it turned into just a big pile of bones. Uh, Cruelius, uh, felt more powerful and was glad the fight was over. Immediately, Lydia began scalding him for for what he had done, and went as far as to take a couple swings at him with her axe, but he reminded her that he is the uh, Thane of Whiterun, and she is his house Carl. At this, she flicked him off and uh, told her told him that she needed a break for a few days, and then Lydia uh, left for a while. Uh, Cruelius felt ashamed of himself, but, uh, oh well, there's more help out there if he ever needed it. And he was sure she would come back eventually. After this, Delphine uh, approaches Cruelius, impressed at seeing him absorb the soul of the dragon. She, she finally admits that he must be. Oops, sorry, I want. Ooh, I got my volume way up. I wanted to uh, pause it for a second. Uh, do you guys remember the first time uh, you came across the Alduin uh, raising the dragon thing at Kynesgrove? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I kept on shooting at him with arrows from a distance for ages and wondering why he wasn't going down. <laughs> I think everybody, yeah, I think that's pretty common. Yeah, it's like, you're like, God, why won't this guy die? <laughs> but it's it's such a great scene, and they kind of cloak it in that snow so you don't see it before you get there. And mm. it, it it's really nicely done how it, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, it kind of sucks. Uh, kind of sucks like, uh, you know, you can't kill him right there, but... <laughs> <laughs> True. I've, I've also game over. Quick... Yeah, yeah. End it quickly. Question. Yeah, speed run. Kill Alduin at Kind's Grove. <laughs> yeah. No, I've got a question. If um, the Greybeards have tasked you with getting the Horn of Jurgen Windcaller, yes, and Delphine has already gone there and gotten it, technically, isn't she more worthy of being? being called the dragonborn at that point than you are hush hush don't talk about well, it. <laughs> it's just come up before has it look she's just a thief that's all she is i know she's technically <laughs> a thief but you know I, I was just sat there thinking to myself you know you could have just gone up there and she's already taken it so how 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 does it make you more of a dragonborn just taking that horn if she's already taken it already so some random person could just rock up take it and they're, I don't know. It, it well, but she can't absorb dragon souls. That's well, a good no, point. I know she can't absorb dragon souls, but the whole point was is that they didn't really take you in as the dragonborn until, until you got that yes. horn. So I, I just found it amusing to me. Yeah, apparently it wasn't that difficult. <laughs> yeah. You weren't the first. No, this is true. And didn't they, have to they, use they, your I, special power to get it. <laughs> no. This is very true. That's a good point. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. That's their big test, but you don't have to actually use the Dragon Shout power to be able to get it. If yeah, Delphine I, I think they it. should. You know, I know, obviously, that they had to leave it so that Delphine could take it, but I think they should have made something a little bit better for you to, to go and try and get. They could have done that as an after, an after quest and then yeah. use something where you actually <laughs> have to practice using your Dragonborn abilities to to actually prove yourself yeah they could have done i'm pretty sure she went in the back way anyway probably true yeah. that's probably true yeah she right. took yeah, the shortcut cheaters anyway. yeah she yeah. took the shortcut they could have done a uh, thieves guild kind of thing but then you wouldn't have been able to do it in a thieves guild where you get all the way up there you're about to take you have to say you have to shout something away to be able to get the uh the horn so you shout it, you're about to grab it, and boom, she hits you with a poison dart. <laughs> you fall <laughs> over. You're like, son of a bitch, I was just about to get it, and then she takes it. But then, of course, they would have had to change the end of the Thieves' Guild, so there's that problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it depends on how they wrote it, for, which way they wrote first. <laughs> but yeah, you would think it would be more dependent on your ability. True. But you know, is that the one you don't have to go through the stones for that one? That's not the yeah, one you, you do. You do? Okay. Yeah, so, how did she do that? <laughs> I told you she went in the back way. God damn it. <laughs> she just obviously locked all the doors on the way out. Sneaky. Yeah. So sneaky. Because yeah, all those cobwebs were covering the, the front way in. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she couldn't have been through there anyway. Yeah. That's a good well, it depends point. on how long ago she nicked the horn. That's true. She could have had it for a while. Who knows? Mm. It doesn't mean she just grabbed it then. Yeah, she could have had it uh, as you know the whole time she was working in Riverwood, waiting for the uh, Dragonborn to return. Well, you know, she's taken long enough that she completely made a 
a, a secret hideaway that you know she doesn't really care about after the first time you've gone through it. Yes, the one-time secret hideaway. Yeah, <laughs> that is then an open door after that. The, the fact that they they get really annoyed and don't do anything until you actually close the door the first time around. You know, you'd think that they'd make it a little bit more. Uh... That's kind of the best part. Yeah. 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 Like, no, sorry, I'm not going to talk to you until you close that door. Oh, we're back. Okay, uh, just come on in. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It just seems a little bit stupid. But leave yeah, it, that's just me being picky. Leave it wide open while you go adventuring. Like, we're both at yeah. Karth's Fire right now, and that whole thing is wide open. <laughs> yep. You know, pe- people have been walking in, you know, drunk people have been walking in, going downstairs and seeing all of the, uh, you know, the spare um, blades, katana, you know, floating around down there, you know, stuff like that. Sven could be sleeping down there, but I killed him, so he's not alive anymore, so that didn't happen. Um mm. Or no, I didn't kill him. I'm sorry. I took him to a shrine. He accidentally got stuck to it and died. <laughs> and... Got stuck to it. <laughs> and then I got some ebony mail. So I don't know what happened. On purpose. Yeah, accidentally he got stuck to a pole. He died. I got the mail. Oh. It just these things you, happen. You mean he he tripped over and then lashed yes. himself to a pole? Did he? It was icy up there. We were on top of that mountain. He slipped on the mm. ice. It was like the kid in. Uh, christmas story. he was licking the pole yes he was licking yeah. the pole He's, his yeah, tongue got stuck to it. it just got his tongue stuck to it and then he froze to death and just some armor appeared in my inventory don't know what happened uh, just these things happen happens to the best of us it does, it does. <laughs> right, let's get back. I last week. <laughs> i have not done this yet maybe yeah. i should yeah yeah try the uh licking the pole thing very good good time actually a kid yeah, around yeah, here just yeah. happened too it literally happened to a kid around here, I don't know, when it was cold a couple of weeks ago. I know. <laughs> like, really? I'm like, you guys got to stop <laughs> trying that. That's not good. <laughs> it's not a good. Do you remember that show? <laughs> Way off topic. What was it? Uh, Rescue, uh, was it Rescue 911 with William Shatner? Where they dramatized the 911 calls or 999 calls if you're in the UK. Um, is that what it was called? I forget what it was called. But anyway, there was a... They used to dramatize these 911 calls or these emergency calls. And there was one where a kid, st- well, he said, and they interviewed the kid afterwards, he was reaching into the freezer and stuck his tongue out and it stuck to the side of the freezer. Oh, no. <laughs> when really he was just seeing if his tongue would freeze to the freezer. I mean, let's be honest. He, he's like, I was reaching for uh, ice pops and my tongue accidentally stuck to the freezer. <laughs> but uh, then his like little brother had to call 911. <laughs> to get him out of the freezer <laughs> get his head out of the freezer so yeah i think i was i forget what the name of that show was but uh william shatner hosted it, it was like late 80s but i'm sure it's on youtube if you want to look for it because <laughs> everything is <laughs> he wasn't part of the dramatizations was he no no he would just uh he was just like the uh host basically I'm sure he had snarky comments but uh it's been quite a long time since i've seen it did he host it with with broken dialogue yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he that's was. His, that's his standard, isn't it? Yeah, he was all all in William Shatner in this thing. Uh, <laughs> that's the only one I remember, though, is the kid getting his uh, tongue stuck in the freezer because it was so stupid. I might Google that later and see if it's on YouTube. It, it's got to be. I'm gonna look for it. <laughs> Let's get back to Denver. You should stick it on the end of the show. Oh my god! If there's audio, I'm definitely doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Delphine then reveals
reveals herself to be one of the last members of the ancient order of the Blades, who apparently used to be protectors of the Emperor, but before that, they were dragon slayers. Uh, she says since the Thalmor had, uh, had made their agree- agreement with the Empire that they had been in hiding and hadn't had much to do, uh, but now that the dragons were coming back, she said their purpose is clear. The blades will once again be dragon slayers and help stop the end of the world. Delphine says that their first uh, action should be to figure out who is involved in this sudden return of the dragons, and she says that she still suspects the Thalmor. Crulius asks how the hell they're going to figure out if the Thalmor have anything to do with this or not. Uh, Delphine then says she might have a couple of ideas how they can get close to the Thalmor and figure out if they're involved. Uh, But she says she needs some time to plan it out and ask him to meet her back in Riverwood. Uh, So he begins his journey back to Riverwood uh, without Lydia and without Delphine. For the first time in a while, Crulius feels very unprotected in a strange alien land. Crulius had a long and hard journey back to Riverwood without any companions by his side. He was able to shout to death a couple of wild animals here and there, which made him feel quite powerful, but uh, he once again uh, felt knew his place in the world when he uh, soon found himself running from bandits, saber cats, and bears. Somehow, Crulius managed to survive the ordeal and arrived in Riverwood. Once in Riverwood, Crulius managed to spot uh, Lydia hanging out and immediately rushed up to her, begging for her forgiveness, saying that he really didn't mean it and that he didn't know what he could do without her. The world was such a dangerous place and he really needed his house, Carl. After his groveling, Lydia begrudgingly decided to come back into his service as long as he was more careful where he was shouting next time. Crulius agreed to be more careful next time, and the two happily reunited. Once back together, the two headed into the Sleeping Giant Inn, where they once again met with Delphine. Delphine then escorted the pair into her uh, secret room in the basement of the inn, where she explained that she thought the Thalmor were responsible in some way for the return of dragons, and that her plan was to infiltrate the Thalmor embassy and try to acquire some sort of evidence to support her claim. Crulius then expressed that he is a member of the Imperial Legion, and that he wasn't sure how his superiors would feel about him breaking into their allies' embassy and stealing documents. So, before he could accept, Crulius would need to journey to solitude and tell his superiors, at least in secret, about the plan and see how they felt. Delphine said if he chose to accept, he should meet with Melbourne in solitude, who is her inside man, and Melbourne would be able to help Crulius set up some equipment to be delivered inside the embassy once he had snuck in. With that, Crulius accepted and headed off to solitude with Lydia in tow. After hiring a a carriage, wow, they arrived in solitude... All right, so we uh, 
broke into uh, Denver's feedback again. It'll be up. Uh, the rest of it will be on the end of the show here because uh, it has a few more minutes to go, we'll say. And we have uh, another episode to do. So <laughs> we actually have to get to that next episode. But uh, all right. That's uh, been, uh, what is this, episode 113. Um, so don't forget we have uh, the roundtable next weekend, which is, what is today's date? It's the know. fourth next weekend. Fourth, yeah. fourth on Saturday. Saturday the fourth. Yes. So Saturday fourth, next live roundtable. Um, hopefully, I'll have the Facebook Live thing set up by then. Uh, we only had uh, one uh, one YouTube troll today, so that wasn't bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, two other people hopped in. So uh, next up will be uh, one fourteen. Uh, we'll discuss some stuff and have uh, another piece of feedback for the roundtable. So uh, stay tuned for the rest of uh, rest of uh, Denver's uh, tale through his roundtable character, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Later, guys. See ya. See you, bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Skyrim Addict. You can find all of our contact information, YouTube channel information, as well as other shows over at asapodcasting.com, including our newest show, The Fallout Feed. Special thanks to Claire Lafar for the show's artwork. You can find her stuff at etsy.com slash myafireprints, M-A-I-A-F-I-R-E-P-R-I-N-T-S. And a thank you to Dan Bull for the use of his music in the roundtable open and close. You can find him on YouTube or iTunes. Just search Dan Bull. Once again, thanks for listening, and uh, later, everyone. After hiring a, ca- a carriage, wow, they arrived in solitude. Uh, Crullius left Lydia at the local inn and headed off to Castle Dower to meet with his superiors. Once inside the castle, Crullius met with General Tullius in secret and told him about Delphine's plan. General Tullius, Tullius reacted very negatively, saying that there's no way he can support an Imperial Legion officer breaking into their allies' headquarters and stealing documents, possibly injuring some of them in the process. And with that, Crullius was stripped of his rank and his nice new Imperial gear and thrown out of the castle, lucky to even have his life. This, was, of course, was very upsetting to Crullius, but... As he was walking away, a figure in a hooded cloak approached him. It turned out to be Legate Rike, who told Crullius that the Empire actually did support him, but couldn't do it publicly, that they would still like for him to go through his mission and do whatever he had to do to solve the dragon issue, and that, honestly, the Empire doesn't want any more to do with the Thalmor than he does, but... Once again, they are their allies, and they cannot make any public moves against them. This did not make it any less upsetting for Crullius, and he sadly headed off to the local inn to meet with Melbourne. Once inside the inn, Crullius reunited with Lydia and explained to her what happened, now wearing just normal clothes and no armor at all. Lydia felt bad for Crullius and told him that they would figure out a way to get him back into the Empire someday. Crullius had his doubts, but they had went ahead and had their meeting with Melbourne anyway.
Cruelius met with this Melbourne who expressed some distaste at Delphine's choice of hiring. Uh, Cruelius felt ashamed of himself, now just wearing some rags and looking entirely unimpressive. Uh, Cruelius tried to explain that he was indeed an adept battle mage who, who was once a uh, skillful thief and that breaking into the embassy and committing some subterfuge would definitely be in his line of work. Melbourne didn't seem reassured, and told Cruelius if he was a battle mage, then he better make sure he has some damn good spells before he goes into that embassy, because likely he will be discovered, and will have to defend himself. Cruelius took this advice to heart, and then turned over any gear that he needed snuck into the embassy. Melbourne quickly took the gear, and left the establishment. Uh, then Cruelius decided to seek out a court wizard, and try to buy buy some new spell tomes off the wizard so that maybe he could increase his rep rep repertoire ah gosh his <laughs> his known spells so that he would have something more useful once he was inside with this Cruelius and Lydia set out to Whiterun to meet with the only court wizard that Cruelius was aware of uh Faringar uh once there Farangar gave Cruelius a hard time, saying he didn't look very much like the typical mage, but uh, Cruelius basically gave him the finger and said, sell me some dance spells. Uh, so he did. Cruelius ended up buying uh, a fire rune spell and a spell of firebolt to increase his uh, flame magic beyond just the gout he had been previously throwing. After that, they... Went ahead and had a nice meal and a nice evening in White Run, and then set out back to Solitude to meet with Delphine before heading off to the embassy. Delphine, or I'm sorry, Cruelius met Delphine at the stables near Solitude, uh, where he filled Delphine on what had happened with the Empire. Delphine simply shrugged, said she didn't care, and it didn't matter. Cruelius was not very happy about this, but. Whatever, he's already committed to helping this woman, he might as well see it through. Uh, then he confirmed that he had given all of his gear to Melbourne, and that he was all set to go to the embassy. Delphine said that he couldn't go in looking like some common rabble, and gave him a pair of nice clothes to put on. Uh, once he had slipped into them, Cruelius looked at himself and thought, this makes me look more like a pickpocketing target than anything else. I can't believe... I'm going to be wearing this kind of crap. But, oh well. Uh, he's got to look the part, right? So, then Delphine uh, asked him if he was ready to go, and Cruelius confirmed, leaving the rest, any anything else he was carrying with him with her, and uh, Lydia with her as well. And then Cruelius hopped in the back of the cart to be hauled off to the Thalmor Embassy. Once the carriage arrived at the Embassy, uh, Cruelius was immediately greeted by another latecomer, a man named Rosalon. This man seemed a lot like the type that Cruelius might have previously sold stolen goods to, so the two hit it off. Uh, they talked a while about how stupid this whole thing was, and how much drinking they were going to do, and then the pair of them decided they would head inside, but not before they were harassed by the guards waiting at the door. Just as a side note, I do think Razalon is actually a really funny character. He seems to really have his priorities straight in life. The man knows what he wants to do. He's here to drink, get drunk, have some laughs, and go home. Great character. Anyway, so they head inside.
Once inside, the pair was approached by a high elf named Elinwyn, who introduced herself as the ambassador for the Thalmor. Uh, then she began to question the pair to see who they were and why they would come to such a place as Skyrim. Uh, Krulius tried to keep his cool and answer honestly, but also vaguely, as to not be discovered, uh, although he may have been rather stiff. Uh, luckily, the conversation was interrupted by his compatriot, Melbourne. Once inside, Krulius began to mingle with the other partygoers, uh, trying to seem as natural as possible, but feeling re rather stiff and out of place, since this sort of event was the sort that this sort of people Krulius is, was never invited to. Uh, after a while, his friend, uh, Razalan, or Razalan, uh, noticed how stiff Krulius was being and said, My friend, why don't you go ask the, uh, the, uh, drink wench, uh, for a drink to help relax you and calm your nerves? Krulius thought this might be a great idea. So he went over and asked the woman for a drink. But instead of drinking it, he decided he would hold on to it in case he were to be able to use it to create some sort of distraction so that he could slip away from the party and into the inner chambers of the embassy. After pacing the room and talking to all the guests, uh, Krulius found himself defeated in any way to, f to create a distraction. Finally, he decided to just sit down next to his new friend and have a chat for a while. His friend noticed that Krulius was seeming pretty upset and asked him what was wrong. Uh, Krulius asked his friend if he could keep it secret, and the man laughed and said, Hey, now, we're supposed to be having a party and drinking together. Uh, we're new friends, aren't we? Of course I can keep your secrets. You can tell me anything. Uh, so, Krulius, and the trusting man he is, decided to unveil the entire plan to this uh, man, Rassilon, who <laughs> laughed and agreed that, uh, you know, Maybe the Thalmor might be behind these dragons, and if it is for the safety of all of Skyrim, which is a place he likes to go drinking every now and then, uh, maybe they should be exposed. So he agreed to help Krulius out in exchange for a uh, drink, which Krulius just happened to have on him. So Krulius handed his new friend a drink, and the distraction began. His friend stood up and immediately began to make a speech that would take turns insulting everyone in the room, and then making his last insult seem like it was just a joke, or not an insult at all. This, of course, got everybody's attention, and Krulius silently slipped away with Melbourne into the interior of the embassy. On their way to the hiding spot where Melbourne sashed Krulius's gear, uh, they were interrupted by a Khajiit uh, cook in the kitchen who uh, threatened to expose them, but luckily Melbourne knew the woman and brought up her nasty moon sugar habit, which caused her quickly to clam up and go back about her business. Uh, then uh, Melbourne escorted Krulius into the pantry, where he had stashed the gear that Krulius had given him earlier. Krulius quickly uh, put all of his uh, potions and ingredients into his pockets and prepared to move deeper into the embassy where Melbourne said he would lock the door behind him and then slip back to the party before anybody noticed he had gone missing. Once deeper in the 
uh, embassy, Cruelius was able to use his uh, thieving uh, past and the skills gained from it to expertly uh, sneak around uh, many different patrols of guards without being noticed. Uh, eventually, he made his way outside to a small uh, little uh, garden area, and on the other side of it, Corellius noticed an outlying building, which seemed to be rather heavily uh, guarded just to be, you know, a gardener's shed or, or what have it. Uh, so Corellius silently made his way there and, and broke into the building. Once inside this building, Corellius found it full of guards as well, and was able to overhear a conversation between one of the Thalmor and an informant of theirs. Uh, they were having a conversation how a the informant had turned over some prisoner who had information on some man that the Thalmor were looking for. Cruelius decided he would find his way to where this prisoner was being kept and question him himself to see who this man is the Thalmor, Thalmor are looking for and uh, why. While looking for a way into the basement where the prisoner was being kept, Cruelius stumbled upon a chest with some important documents in it. Uh, one document was a file of sorts that the Thalmor was keeping on Delphine herself. Uh, Cruelius read through the file and discovered that Delphine is a member of the now disbanded Blades, who used to be protectors of the Emperor, and that the Thalmor was looking for her to uh, essentially get rid of her. Um, then Thalmor, er, I'm sorry. Then Cruelius also found a file on Ulfric's Stormcloak, which was pretty interesting indeed. As it turns out, Ulfric was in the uh, war uh, against, well, he was in the Great War where the Thalmor, 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 Thalmor fought the Empire, and he was captured by the Thalmor. After capturing him and interrogating. Him. They eventually found out that he was the son of Jarl and decided not to kill him. And then they led him to believe that the information he had provided to them had caused the downfall of the Empire, which I assume must have broke his... I'm sorry, this is out of character. Uh, which I assume must have broke his spirit and made him feel like a traitor. So when he went back to Skyrim, he decided, I guess, since he had already betrayed the Empire, he might as well continue on that path. Anyway, uh, once he was released uh, from uh, the Thalmor, uh, he returned to Skyrim, uh, and later, after the Thalmor, Thalmor and the Empire began working together, they established another contact with uh, Ulfric. Uh, once they had reestablished contact with him, they basically uh, used Ulfric as a puppet of sorts until he grew tired of it and cut ties with the Thalmor and decided to rebel against the Empire outright, uh, which, honestly, was exactly the kind of thing the Thalmor was looking for. So, in a way, Ulfric is still in their pockets. Uh, Cruelius thought to himself that this is solid evidence that the Thalmor are directly acting against the Empire and that Ulfric's Stormcloak needs to be removed so that the Empire can become stable again and then have a chance to fight the Thalmor. He thought he would uh, turn this information over to his superiors, but then, sadly, he remembered he's no longer part of the Empire. 
this brought on a wave of sadness, but Cruelius pushed it out of his mind and, and decided to focus on the task at hand, finding the prison and seeing who this other prisoner, who this prisoner is and who is this other man that the Thalmor are looking for. After looking for a while, uh, Cruelius was able to find the entrance to the prison, and uh, as he slipped inside, he was over to over. He was able to overhear the interrogation of this prisoner, who revealed that the Thalmor are looking for a man named Esburn, and that the the man thinks he this that there is a man who fits this Esburn's description, living in Riften in the Rat Way. Seeing no way to get to the prisoner without having to kill the interrogator and the guard, uh, Cruelius silently set up a couple of his new flame room traps that made a small noise to cause the guard to come investigate. Once the guard stepped on the traps, a huge explosion went off, killing the guard instantly. The interrogator sprung to his feet and ran to check out the noise. Cruelius prepared his firebolt in both hands and prepared to meet the man. After exchanging blast of magic for a few minutes, finally the man fell uh, dead. Cruelius was wounded, but okay. He drank a couple of his health potions and then moved to the open cell to talk to the prisoner himself. On the way to the cell, uh, Cruelius happened to notice another file laying out. He flipped through the file and found out it was on this Esburn, and that apparently he too used to be a member of the Blades. So apparently there has been a lot that his friend Delphine hasn't been telling him. Cruelius decided to ignore it for now and to question the prisoner and maybe set him free. Before Cruelius could actually question the prisoner, suddenly Melbourne uh, came was escorted in by two guards. It seems their ruse had been discovered. Without thinking, Cruelius quickly spun and shot firebolts at the two guards, managing a luckily, lucky hit on each and uh, burning right through their skulls. They fell over dead, and Melbourne was saved. Although Melbourne didn't seem very appreciative, he immediately began scald scalding uh, Cruelius on how the Thalmor will be hunting him the rest of his life. Cruelius said, well, if you don't like that, I can end your life right here. And he pulled his uh, fireball out again. Luckily, uh, Melbourne threw up his arms and said, no, no, uh, I'll just figure out a way to live anyway. Cruelius nodded and uh, put his flames away and then approached the prisoner once more. As Cruelius approached the prisoner, he noticed how bad of a shape the man was in, uh, and began to think of his own time he had spent in prison. Instead of questioning the man further, he just reassured the man that he was not a uh, an interrogator, and, and undid his bonds. Uh, the man offered to show Cruelius a way out of the prison, or out of the uh, embassy, instead of going back the way they came. Uh, Cruelius was happy to, to hear this, and decided to follow the man uh, to the way out, which happened to be a trap door that they, the uh, prison would use to throw bodies down. Wonderful. I'm sure it'll be very nice inside. Uh, the three of them crawled through the trap door, and fell into a small cave below. The cave was small, dark, damp, and cold, just like every other damn place in this hellhole called Skyrim. 
Cruelius rolled his eyes and decided to make his way through this cave and get out of here just so he could be done with this whole thing. Unfortunately, on their way out, uh, they ran into a big, hairy, smelly, ugly frost roll. Great. It's just Cruelius and two unarmed men against a freaking force of nature. So, Cruelius, you know, struck his normal pose of heroism. Uh, he yanked out his flames and started shooting them at the frost, <laughs> frost roll as he ran in circles, screaming for his life. Eventually, the thing flopped down dead. And Cruelius was lucky to be alive. Once back out into the wonderful blizzarding weather of Skyrim, uh, the three men went their separate ways. Uh, Cruelius decided to head back to Riverwood to meet with uh, Delphine and report his uh, moderate success, I suppose, on his mission. Uh, so Cruelius quickly made his way to the nearest town that he could see, which happened to be a small town called Dragonbridge. From there, he asked for directions back to Solitude, caught himself a carriage, and made his way to Riverwood. Once back into Riverwood, he headed into the uh, Sleeping Giant Inn and met back up with Lydia and Delphine. The three of them went into Delphine's little secret room, where Cruelius reported his success in the mission. Cruelius told Delphine that he didn't think the Thalmor had anything to do with the dragons, uh, due to all of the uh, documents he read uh, seemed to point him to this conclusion. Uh, he also told her about Esbern and how he was possibly hiding out in Riften. Delphine said that her next move, or our next move, should be to go to Riften and find Esbern, as apparently he is a expert on ancient dragon lore. Cruelius sighed and supposed that she would want him to go and find Esbern, to which Delphine responded, Of course, I can't come out of hiding. You know that I'm a blade now and that the Thalmor, Thalmor are looking to kill me. So, yeah, of course you'll have to go find him in, in uh, Riften. Cruelius rolled his eyes and said, Of course I will. Uh, so he said his goodbyes, uh, told Lydia the plan, and the two of them headed off to Riften. So Cruelius and Lydia once again set out for uh, White Run, and during the entire trek, Cruelius couldn't help but think, why don't they just have a darn uh, chariot in uh, in Riverwood? I mean, it only makes sense. I mean, is it that hard for somebody to uh, to steer a horse and buggy that they can only be in big towns like White Run? Uh, but whatever he thought, and just made his way there. Uh, so once there, they hired the uh, carriage driver to take them to Riften, and uh, they jumped him back and had a peaceful, sleepy journey to Riften. Once they arrived in Riften, uh, as Cruelius was climbing out of the back of the carriage, he noticed one of the Riften guards eyeballing him up and down. Cruelius thought to himself, hmm, this guard must think I'm hot or something. So he approached the guard with a little swagger and stepped to see what the man had to say. But instead, the guard was just trying to uh, work him out of some money. 
luckily, uh, Cruelius threatened to expose the guard quite loudly, and the guard said, uh, oh, okay, never mind, just, uh, come on in, and open the gates to the city for him. Once inside the city gates, Cruelius took in the sights of the misty little town, and noticed yet another man eyeballing him up and down. Cruelius, once again full of himself, thought, oh, man, I must be really on my game today, must be looking sharp or something. That or everyone around this place is suspicious of newcomers. Hmm. I wonder which one it is. So he approached the man to see what he was staring at. Turns out the man was just the local lapdog of some uh, family named the Blackbriars, who apparently not only own the city, but also have the Thieves' Guild in their pocket. Uh, Cruelius just rolled his eyes, said he wouldn't be any trouble, he swore, and went on about his business. After asking around, Cruelius discovered two things about Riften. First of all, is that all of the people living here are quite shady and tight-lipped. They don't like to speak to anybody about anything. Uh, secondly, uh, he found out that if there was anyone he needed to find, a man named Brynjolf in the town square would be the guy to talk to. So he headed to the square to find this Brynjolf. Turns out, Krulius didn't have to look very hard for this Brynjolf. As soon as he entered the square, the man approached him, asking Krulius if he'd done anything honest for all that coin he's carrying. Krulius looked the man up and down and said, Well, I guess I did used to be a thief. You must be able to read it on me or something. And so they struck up a conversation. Krulius tried to cut straight to the point and asked this Brynjolf if he had heard of this man living in Riften that matched uh, Eastburn's, or Esburn's, uh, description. Uh, Brynjolf quit back, uh, you're not going to get free information like that. Uh, you'll have to do a favor for me first. So, Krulius rolled his eyes and said, fine, if that's the only way I can get you to talk, what kind of favor do you need? Uh, Brynjolf responded, ah, well, she, um, trying to get this guy put out of business, you see. So, uh, what I need you to do is, is steal a ring from this other guy and then put it in the other guy's pocket, you see. So, Cruelius laughed and said, ha, that's child's play. I used to be somewhat of a master thief. Well, good to see it. should be easy for you. So, Cruelius went ahead and gave the guy, uh, Brynjolf, the signal, uh, and he began to distract everyone with this uh, snake oil elixir, I mean, miracle potion. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Krulia snuck around to the uh, first guy's stall and stole the ring from uh, the lockbox inside the stall and then snuck over to the target and silently slipped the ring into his pocket. After completing the job, uh, Krulius once again spoke to Brynjolf, who congratulated him on doing such a great job, uh, then told him how to get to the Ratway, where supposedly this Easeburn has been uh, living, uh, and then invited him to join the Thieves' Guild. Krulius politely, very politely, declined the last uh, offer, uh, but said he might consider it in the future. Um, <clears throat> while they were talking, a uh, town guard approached the... The uh, target, uh, I think it's Branshay, uh, almost immediately after the uh, the job was done, and arrested him, hauling him off to the uh, town dungeon, as if the guards were maybe in on the whole thing. Who knows? 
Anyway, Corellius just shook it off and decided to head out to the Ratway to try to find this Easeburn. Once into the Ratway, Corellius realized that Ratway was just a fancy name for the town's sewer system. Just a dark, damp, cold hole. Come to think of it, just the kind that Cruelius's, uh old friends back in Cyrodiil would hang out in. Well, it does seem like the type of place for a thieves' guild, then. Uh, he just shook his head, laughing slightly, and uh, headed on deeper into the Ratways, as it's called. After moving a little deeper into the Ratway, Cruelius was immediately set upon by uh, these two men who didn't even ask who they were before attacking. I mean... Come on, I know this is the criminal underbelly, but what kind of etiquette is this? Either way, Cruelius charred them to a crisp and then looted them for any valuables. Uh, then went about his business, uh, searching for Easeburn. Only a couple minutes later, Cruelius uh, entered a room and was set upon by a man and apparently his pet rat. Uh, either way, Cruelius killed them both. And uh, while looting the man, he actually, the man, he actually found a uh, interesting pair of gloves, uh, which he quickly pocketed and then moved on. A short while later, Cruelius uh, came up a flight of stairs and entered a small chamber to find uh, not only some plants growing in the uh, sunlight down here in the deep, damp sewers, but also a, a very beautiful little executioner's blocks and block and uh, axe just kind of hanging out in the middle of this nice little, uh, I guess, oasis in the sewers. Cruelly thought to himself, wow, what a romantic place. I, I wish this would, had been my execution site instead of uh, that uh, crap hole they called Helgen. He rolled his eyes again and uh, then moved on to continue looking for Eastburn. And wouldn't you know, only two seconds later, after passing the executioner's block, some lunatic, who once again, without asking any questions at all, just attacked Cruelius on sight. I mean, honestly, how could they set up their thieves' guild down here? Just walking into the place would mean murdering four or five people every single time. Cruelius rolled his eyes and just carried on. Shortly after that, Cruelius entered another chamber to find what looked like a bar, literally set up over top of a pool of human excrement. Ugh, what the heck is this place? Uh, Cruelius approached uh, the people only to find out that, oh la la, this is apparently the bar run by the Thieves' Guild. Wow, real great choice of place there, people. I mean, I'm sure you make a ton of money off of this bar set up over top of a freaking pool of human excrement. I mean, really. Uh, although, one person there was pretty interesting. Uh, Cruelius happened to note that apparently there was a mage hanging out at this bar who says that they can change a person's appearance. Hmm. That might come handy at some point in the future, Cruelius thought. Uh, either way, uh, he ignored the, the uh, offers of Brynjolf to once again try to convince Cruelius to join the guild and uh, just move deeper into the sewage system to find Eastburn. Cruelius did manage to find somebody uh, hanging out near the uh, bar who uh, happened to know a lot about the people who live down here in the sewers. Uh, after paying him a small sum of gold, the man gladly uh, pointed him in the right direction. 
Uh, so cruelly has followed the man's directions into an area of the Ratway called the Warrens. Cruelly has found the entrance to the Warrens to uh, enter an even deeper, darker, damper, and smellier part of the sewers. And uh, who did he find there? But Thalmor agents. Awesome. If the Empire didn't already help hate me for uh, breaking into the uh, embassy and killing or er, uh, killing a couple of agents there, uh, well, they're bound to hate me now. Cruelly aside, pulled out his. Ball of balls of fire, and began flinging them at the Thalmor agents, figuring, uh, well, once you've already burned a bridge, you might as well make sure it can't be rebuilt. Lydia and Cruelius made short work of the first group of Thalmors, cooking them in their armor. Uh, then they stripped them of said armor and uh, moved deeper into these warrens. In the next room, Cruelius found a uh, small bed with a dead Nord in it. Probably killed by those damn Thal or Thalmor. Uh, but Cruelius uh, felt bad, but not bad enough not to loot the man's corpse for a golden necklace. A little while later, Cruelius found two rooms. One seemed to be an impromptu blacksmithery with a small chest with a, a tiny amount of gold in it. The next seemed to be some sort of kitchen or, or dining hall with a couple of chests there. I mean... Jeez, it's like these people have their own little city down here in the sewers. I mean, you'd think that the Jarl of uh, Riften would occasionally have her guards check out the sewers to see if, I don't know, maybe a bunch of wanted criminals and social outcasts are squatting down there, making an entire second city. Oh well, whatever. Cruelius moved on. Cruelius had been joking earlier when he said that this was like a tiny city under the city, but as it turns out, he hit the nail on the head, or, I don't know, the poop in the bowl. Either way, uh, turns out they're uh, a little lower in the ratway. Cruelly has found uh, tiny little apartments set up and owned uh, entirely by what seemed to be insane people, including a woman who just constantly muttered a list of items to herself, a man who seemed far too happy to see Cruelius, and uh, then, oh, Easburn himself. Cruelius began talking to this Esburn, trying to convince him to let him into his little uh, shit suite. Uh, Esburn, though, uh, was being very standoffish, didn't believe Cruelius at first, so Cruelius began name-dropping, you know, Delphine, Blades, Dragons, that sort of thing. Uh, finally, Esburn, who himself was not all that impressive, looking to be about a thousand nine hundred years old, was like, Ah, uh, oh, okay, if you if you know Delphine, and, and she's trying to stop the dragons, well, ah, uh, come on in, I guess. So with that, he flung his door open and let Cruelius into uh, his little apartment there. After getting into Esburn's uh, little apartment, uh, Esburn began to uh, run off at the mouth how Delphine should have gave up and that it's hopeless and that uh, nothing could be uh, done to stop him. And So Cruelius uh, asked, uh, stop who? Uh, to which 
uh, Esbern responded, Oh, Alduin, the big black dragon, world eater, he's raising the other dragons and bringing forth the end times. Krillius just looked at the man and said, uh, Oh, so that big dragon's name is Alduin, huh? Yes, Alduin, eater of worlds. And he's supposedly going to destroy the world? Yes, of course, he'll destroy it all. And nothing can be done to stop him? Well, I mean, if we had a dragon born, maybe we could stop him. Ha! Well, have no fear, old man. I'm Dragonborn. You are? Well, we must go to Delphine, then. We have many things to discuss. With that, the uh, old man quickly begun packing the uh, worldly possessions that he owned, which were such wonderful things, of course, being down here in the sewer. He would have, obviously, a large trove of treasures to pack up. Uh, and uh, once he was done packing, he, Cruelius, and Lydia began to work their way out of the sewers and back up to the surface. Upon ex exiting the old man's uh, humble yet stinky abode, uh, they were immediately set upon by more Thalmor agents. I mean... Geez, Grulius already destroyed the bridge beyond recognition. Apparently now, he has to scoop up the ashes and bury them as well. Either way, turns out the old man happened to be a better fighter than his feeble appearance would let on. He immediately summoned a flaming demon from the depths of oblivion to begun, begin burning uh, the Thalmor agent, agents to a crisp. Uh, Cruelius just laughed and uh, joined in on the fiery fun. After a hard-fought battle, the final Thalmor finally fell. Uh, with that, Cruelius and uh, Lydia and Esbern continued their journey back to the surface city. Near the exit of the Warrens, uh, Cruelius and the gang were attacked by yet another foolish soul who uh, appeared to be uh, the informant that had let the Thalmor know that Esbern was apparently hiding down in the sewers. Uh, this fool was burnt to a crisp very quickly, and didn't have much of value on him. After that, Cruelius uh, and the gang exited the Warrens. After exiting the Thieves' Guild little bar, uh, and entering the upper section of the sewers, they were set upon by some... More agents of the Thalmor. Uh, luckily, this little gang of Thalmor went down as easily as the first two did, uh, which is with just a little fire and uh, maybe a couple of shield bashes to the face. Uh, after this, it was uh, it suddenly dawned on Cruelius that uh, in the last couple of encounters, uh, he hadn't had to run around and scream like a little girl quite as much as he used to. Huh. Maybe he's getting better at this whole dragon-born thing. Anyway, uh, then the gang moved to the exit of the sewers and walked back out into Riften. Upon exiting the sewers into Riften, uh, the gang was set upon by yet another person who seemed to be either an informant or an agent of the Thalmor, while not a Thalmor themselves. Uh, they quickly took down the female Khajiit and found a letter on the body uh, telling them or uh, telling the person to attack Cruelius on sight, and it was signed by a mysterious E, which obviously must be, uh, what's her name, uh, 
Ellen Wynn, I believe. Uh, Cruelius rolled his eyes and thought to himself, I, these damn Thalmor, I can't believe that the Empire has to serve alongside of these fools. Uh, Cruelius swore that one day he'd find his way back into the Empire so that he could work from the inside to, to take down this these Thalmor. And then uh, Cruelius just uh, looted her for any valuables and uh, moved on. Uh, once uh, into Riften, uh, the gang decided the best way back would to be take a, to take a, another carriage uh, back to Whiterun and then make their way to Delphine and Riverwood from there. Uh, they hired a carriage owner and uh, asked him if they could uh, pile some hay into the back of the carriage and hide underneath it. Uh, the man must have thought they had some strange fetish, but he just rolled his eyes and said whatever. Uh, so the gang threw some hay from the local stables into the back of the carriage and hid underneath it to make their uh, journey to Whiterun a little easier. Uh, the gang made the same old journey from Whiterun back to Riverwood. Uh, luckily, with Esburn in tow this time, the journey was a little more sm smooth. Uh, still full of the typical bandit here, wolf there. Uh, but they made it back to Riverwood without too much trouble. Uh, then the entire gang headed into the Sleeping Giant Inn. Once inside, the old man and the strange woman had their touching reuniting. Uh, and then, of course, as usual, Delphine escorted the gang down into her super secret, definitely not left wide open for anybody in the world to stumble across, hidden room in the basement of the inn. Once into the secret room, uh, Esburn began to ramble on about his plan, saying that they needed to head to a place called Sky Haven Temple to find something called Alduin's Wall, which apparently is a wall of history and prophecies uh, uh, involving Alduin the World Eater. And Esburn seems to think that it may reveal how they could bring down Alduin. Um, Cruelius uh, nodded, figured... Of course, I'm going to have to go help this old man and this this woman find this darn wall and probably kill a bunch more Thalmor at some point. Uh, so, Cruelius just uh, rented himself a room for the night, got some rest, and gathered his supplies to prepare to set out for his journey to Skyhaven Temple. Alrighty, uh, this concludes episode 3 of uh, my roundtable char character, Cruelius. I hope you all enjoyed listening. Uh, thank you so much once again, and uh, happy Skyrimming slash fall outing. Thanks, guys. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.